It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. Presented, of course, by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Five teams, seven years. Those of you that check out the Ross Tucker football podcast or the Even Money podcast can tell that my voice is getting better. I'm getting there. Um, Definitely better than it was yesterday. I'm certainly not 100% and going to do my uh, let's eat, baby. But good enough to go with my guy, Joe. That's Joe Dolan, of course, at FG underscore Dolan on social media. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. Uh, we together are at Ross Tucker Pod. So Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, follow Ross Tucker Pod. You get the highlight clips of maybe the two or three best clips we think of each show, which is kind of a cool way to see the best content from the show. You can also check that out on YouTube or check out the whole show on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Joe, we're going to have two episodes before the Super Bowl. I think for next week, we will heavily focus on basically every skill guy. Your thoughts on every single possible skill guy in the Super Bowl, because we know people go prop bet nuts. And even, you know, um, and we'll talk about this on the next episode, even if we're recording that earlier before all the prop bet stuff is out there. Just still your thoughts on how you see the game unfolding with all those guys. Today is interesting because originally I wanted to do primarily a post-mortem on the Niners and the Bengals, but we actually have a bunch of news that is relevant for fantasy purposes for a lot of different reasons. Um, I guess we'll start since it just happened this morning with – Tom Brady retiring. By the way, Joe's over at FantasyPoints.com. We love FantasyPoints.com. Um, the code, I don't know if you can still, can they still use 22 feasts? I don't know. Well, Ross, we uh, like I told you, we currently have our uh, super early bird special, which runs through the Super Bowl, which there's no, uh, no, there's no promo codes that work with that. It's just 30% off, which is uh, our biggest discount we offer all year. Can they still do it, put the code in just so they know we sent them? Uh, there's no money to it? They probably could, yeah. I'm guessing they could yeah. do that. I don't well, know if that works. I'll have to ask my developer. Yeah, the point is, is if you're doing the early bird, uh, which you should, by the way, use code22feast so Joe and the gang knows we're the one sending you over there. Uh, let's talk, uh, Joe, about Tom Brady. Yeah. You know, I think we all know uh, how accomplished he is. I want to I wanna look at this a different way, Joe. Where does Tom Brady stack up from a fantasy perspective? You know, how often was he a top five fantasy quarterback? I know he didn't run very much. Like, where is he on sort of the uh, the all-time greats from a fantasy perspective? There's kind of a couple of different Brady careers. And if you look at Tom Brady before the 2007 season, It was at that point, I mean, already established that Tom Brady was a great quarterback, okay? He had won um, 
three Super Bowls prior to 2007. He had uh, obviously uh, outdueled Peyton Manning multiple times, um, had the back-to-back Super Bowls in 2003 and 2004. But if you look from a statistical standpoint, Tom Brady in those years, uh, he wasn't he wasn't bad by any stretch of the imagination, but from a fantasy perspective, he was kind of like supercharged Joe Flacco. Like, got the job done, never wanted to see him with the ball and a chance to go ahead in the fourth quarter through, you know, 24, 25 touchdown passes a year and really was a solid fantasy starting quarterback, but not somebody who your opponent was going to go into on game day being like, oh, no, they have Tom Brady. And then that all changed in 2007. 2007, 50 touchdown passes. Previous career high was 28. Eight interceptions. Previous career low was 12. And then, of course, he got hurt in 2008. 2009, he got off to a little bit of a slow start. And then from 2010 to 2012, three consecutive years, Tom Brady threw 30 or more touchdown passes. He did it in five of the next six seasons. And I thought it was really interesting um, working in the industry at the time when we got to 2010. Tom Brady kind of reinvented himself. He kind of reinvented that offense alongside Bill Belichick and, 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 and all the coaches that they had in New England when they got the two tight ends, obviously Gronk and we know uh, Aaron Hernandez. They got those guys in 2010. The first half of that 2010 season, Tom Brady was not good for fantasy. In the second half of the season, though, he exploded. You know, if I go to the 2010 season, and I look at Tom Brady's game logs as I'm scrambling here to do that. I distinctly remember the first half of that season. Um, he had four straight games from weeks four through seven, throwing just one touchdown pass. Through week seven in that season, he had 12 touchdown passes, really not getting it done for fantasy. And then he threw multiple touchdown passes in each uh, of the next nine games without throwing a single interception. So he reinvented himself midway through the 2010 season and then became an elite fantasy quarterback yet again. Um, and then obviously we remember um, the years in, in uh, Tampa Bay, his second and third most touchdown passes in his career came in his first two years of Tampa Bay. So he's a guy who went down to the career. I, I mean, he played later than most quarterbacks will ever play. He played greater than just about any quarterback will ever play. This is the kind of guy who established himself as such a dominant asset that 25 touchdowns and nine interceptions in his final year was considered a disappointment. Um, just somebody who, um, you know, I, Tom Brady, obviously, for, for multiple reasons, there's a lot of haters. Um, I understand that. People get sick of seeing the same guy in the Super Bowl. You know, it's the same reason people are uh, – saying, well, is Joe Burrow or is Josh Allen on Patrick Mahomes' level? And there's the next, you know, people just have to try to come up with the discussion. Um, Tom Brady, I can't say anything more than how big a great he was, how many different offenses he played in. When he had an all-time great perimeter receiver, he got the ball to to, uh, Randy Moss. When he had all-time great slot receivers, Julian Edelman, Wes Welker, Danny Amendola, he got the ball to those guys. When he had uh, uh, more elite outside receivers, Mike Evans, he got the ball to that guy. He got the ball to Chris Godwin. When he had elite tight ends, Rob Gronkowski, he got the ball to those guys. Um, He got the ball to, I mean, from a just a distributing standpoint, I'm going to miss Tom Brady distributing the ball to his receivers. I'm going to miss 
Chris Godwin being a guaranteed eight catches every game. It, it's, you know, I, I, I really did think he was going to play this year. I thought he was going to go to the Raiders. Was not the case. He decided to hang it up. That is obviously his prerogative. It's going to be a long time before we see somebody throw for 89,000 yards in the NFL. Um, so hats off, Tom Brady. Um, you know, the one thing I would say, Joe, that I think people lose sight of when they mention his first four years and how that those were defensive-dominated teams. <clears throat> first of all, he got the job done late yes. in a couple of the Super Bowls. Secondly, do people remember who he was throwing to? Like – David Gibbons, Troy Brown. Troy Brown, a late late career Troy Brown. Now, Deion, Deion Branch Brand. was a good player, but like people act like, oh, Brady wasn't that good back then. Their offense wasn't that good. I mean, right. their line wasn't that good. Their weapons weren't that good. I thought he actually did pretty good considering who he had around him. Oh, no doubt about it. And that's why I said statistically he was like a supercharged Flacco. But, I, I mean, I think people knew at that point the level of greatness that Tom Brady possessed. Like, see, you know, I was an adult for all of, for most of Tom Brady's career. If you consider being 18 an adult and and I might still not be an adult, but I was in my mid to late teens and, and an adult for Tom Brady's entire career. So I remember the whole discourse around Tom Brady and I don't ever remember Brady being talked about like he wasn't great. You know what I mean? Like there, there was, there was the, the, 20, 2001 season, obviously, when they won the Super Bowl and, and uh, Belichick famously decided to go back to Brady in the Super Bowl as opposed to Bledsoe. Remember, Drew Bledsoe actually won them the AFC Championship game that year. Um, and then I, I very I just don't remember any discussion about Brady that didn't revolve around him being great. I remember the, the Peyton Brady comparisons style. You know, stylistically, I was a Peyton guy. But, I mean, it's you can't deny Tom Brady's resume at, at this point. And, quite frankly, I can't remember the last time anybody doubted Tom Brady's resume. Um, totally agree. Um, you know, I, I tweeted something this morning. You're a baseball guy, right, Joe? You like baseball? I like baseball, yes. So, um, I always love in the movie The Natural where they say, there goes Roy Hobbs, the best there ever was, you know? <laughs> And that's what I think of when I think of Tom Brady. Like, there goes Tom Brady, the best there ever was. It's amazing to me how many people reply to that. And they're like, no, not really. Like, most accomplished, but he's not the best. Or or they'll bring up tomato, the plate game or whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just think they're embarrassing themselves at this point. Um, I guess we didn't really expect him to be back with the Bucks anyway. No. it. I kind of thought he was going to play for the Oakland uh, for the Las Vegas Raiders. I I now think Joe got to be Baker Mayfield, huh? Like like who else is going to be the Raiders' starting quarterback next year? The Raiders, oh, man. Uh, let's let, let me go to old tankathon.com here and and take a look. It's draft season, by the way, Ross. We got we got feet on the ground at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama, um, uh, at fantasypoints.com. So let's go to. Uh, Tankathon.com. Las Vegas is the seventh pick in the draft. And I mean, you're in striking distance there if you're the Raiders. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is on the market. Tom Brady retiring might be the worst news for any team who might be might be thinking of trading for Aaron Rodgers, or maybe maybe the Ravens will tag Lamar Jackson and trade him. I'm just I'm just going through permutations of some veteran quarterbacks who might hit the market. 
um, because there is one fewer guy because I was actually earmarking Tom Brady play this year. Um, uh, maybe he was going to Miami. Maybe he was going to Vegas. Uh, but that's one fewer spot for, for somebody to fill. And there are 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL. But as you, you and I well know, there aren't 32 guys who NFL teams are like, that's a starting quarterback. Just because they have to have one doesn't mean they think that. So I think it's going to be fascinating to see what the Raiders do. Um, I think this is a blow to Devontae Adams, quite frankly. Could Devontae Adams convince the Raiders to trade for Aaron Rodgers? I think that's a fascinating um, storyline here, which would certainly disappoint some Jet fans. So I am I am just completely blown away here. And now my question becomes for Tampa Bay. They have the 19th pick, so it's not like they're picking at the end of the draft like you might expect with Tom Brady. Does Tampa Bay blow it up? They don't have a lot of cap space. I don't think they have any cap space. I think I think just the Saints have less. Um, you know, could they trade Mike Evans to a contender? Could they, you know, Chris Godwin's relatively cheap. I don't see them trading him. He's cheap and young. But could they trade some of these players um, and, and try to, to build for their next run? Look, you signed Tom Brady when he is 43, 44 years old. And if you were to say, hey, Bucks fans, you're going to sign Tom Brady. He's going to play three years for you. You're going you're gonna to go to three playoffs and you're going to win a Super Bowl. I think every single Bucks fan takes that. Every single one. But now it comes time to pay the check. And I wonder if the Bucks are going to be completely redoing their roster this offseason. They now become a very fascinating team. You look at the free agent wide receiver market this offseason. It is barren. Like the best receivers on the market are Jacoby Myers and DJ Chark and you know, depending on what happens to Michael Thomas, who's played like three games in the last three years, like Tampa Bay could get some offers from Mike Evans for a team. Let's just say somebody like Dallas, who very clearly needs a compliment to CD Lamb, an extra weapon for Dak Prescott, you know, somebody who the Giants, you know, who, who saw themselves get to the playoffs and unfortunately, you know, their lack of weapons really hurt them. The Kansas City Chiefs, Ross, you know, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl next week, but Patrick Mahomes' greatness has covered up the fact that he's thrown, quite frankly, to a whole lot of nobodies out there outside of Travis Kelsey. So there are going to be contenders. There are always teams looking for wide receivers. There are going to be contenders looking for wide receivers. And I wonder if that creates an opportunity for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to kind of push the reset button here following the retirement of Tom Brady. Interesting. Very interesting, Joe. Um, I think that's one of the reasons why all these wide receivers like Adams and A.J. Brown and Tyreek Hill got paid last year. I think people looked at it and said, if we want a different-making player at the position, like, you got to pay up. And it's, you know, we've seen the impact that Hill had in Miami, that A.J. Brown has had in Philadelphia, certainly. Um, Let's talk some of the coaching news Joe, and what it means from a fantasy perspective, I guess we'll start with the biggest one, and that is Sean Payton being traded from the Saints to the Broncos. What is your, because, you know, people will be playing, you know, will be looking at their dynasty fantasy teams before you know it. What is your level of confidence that Sean Payton gets Russell Wilson back to being a, a top 10 quarterback? my confidence in that is extremely low. Um, My confidence that he gets him back to being a functional quarterback, pretty high. Um, 
I guess, top 10. You know, when you say it like that, top 10, you think, oh, an elite quarterback. And then you go through and you start ranking the quarterbacks, and you're like, "Mm, how many of these guys am I confident in calling a top 10 quarterback? But I want your perspective as a player here, Ross, because this was fascinating to me. First and foremost, let let me get into what I think was the Broncos' mindset here. The Broncos' mindset is Russell Wilson is an extreme um, we have made our bed, okay? Um, we have to lie in that bed. It's our job to try to make that bed as comfortable as possible. We might have some nails on that bed, but let's let's throw some padding on there, and maybe we'll be able to actually support ourselves and get a decent night's sleep. So, Sean Payton, you trade, you trade, I mean, you they have traded every draft pick known to man for Russell Wilson and Sean Payton the last couple of years. This is the 29th overall pick that they're trading to the Saints. And Sean Payton, by the way, did not have to take this job. He could have come back, had a very cushy gig um, on television. He could have waited for Dallas to open up next year. He could have waited for this team to open up, that team to open up, whatever. Um, But he took this one. So Sean Payton very clearly has a plan for Russell Wilson. He doesn't take this job without knowing Russell Wilson's his quarterback and this Bronco offense. But from a stylistic standpoint, the only similarities, in my opinion, between Russell Wilson and Drew Brees is that they're both short. <laughs> no, and, and, and Ross, if you disagree, let me know. But, sh- but Drew Brees was a point guard. Boom, 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 boom. Get the ball out. Sub two seconds, sub two seconds, 2.1 second, 2.2 second, 2.3 second. Russell Wilson consistently in his career has ranked towards the top in the NFL in longest time to throw, longest average time to throw. And there's a disconnect here. And is Sean Payton going to come in here and kick Russell Wilson in the ass and say, you've got to play different? How do you teach a 34-year-old dog new tricks is my question. I don't know what you thought, Ross. I think this marriage, from a football standpoint, I don't want to say it's not going to work because I have a lot of respect for Sean Payton. But from a football standpoint, what was your first reaction when you heard Sean Payton offense, Russell Wilson quarterback? Um. Well, first of all, I think Sean Payton is pretty good. Like, if you look what he did with Jameis Winston, if you look what he did with Taysom Hill, I do think you're you're selling Payton a little bit short in terms of his ability to max. I mean, Sean Payton was my coordinator with the Cowboys in 03 before they cut me. He, he ended up getting Quincy Carter to take the Cowboys to 10 wins in the playoffs in the 03 season. So I think Peyton is more adaptable than you are giving him credit for. I I do think he'll probably see if Russell Wilson can do some of the Drew Brees things um, because of their height. If he can't, I think he'll find ways to get him on the move and do things that Russell Wilson does better. I said this today on the Ross Tucker football podcast. To me, this is like the Broncos doubling down, right? Like, it is exactly. They, they, they've pushed so many chips in on Russell Wilson. They're so heavily invested there. Their choices would be to like, you know, hopefully only have him there one more year and then cut him and the dead money or whatever, or to do whatever it takes to maximize whatever they can get out of him, which is what they chose to do with Sean Payton. And so I do have confidence that 
if Russell Wilson can't play at a good level with Sean Payton, then there really is no more excuse, and it really is on him. I don't think he'll get back to being a top 10 guy. I think they'd be thrilled if he was between 11 and 20, to be honest with you, uh, which I kind of think oh, what you're yeah. thinking is too. Um, but you're right. Um, you're right about very different styles between Russell Wilson and Drew Brees. What does it mean in your mind, Joe? Or you were going to say something. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just also going to say that, like, Ross, I did allude to the fact that I thought Sean Payton does not take this job if he doesn't have a plan for Russell Wilson. And maybe he possesses the right um, the right amount of gravitas to tell Russell Wilson, swallow your pride. And do you want to, do you want to stop being a punchline? Then, then listen to me. I've won a Super Bowl in this league. I've put a quarterback in the Hall of Fame. Your resume is damaged right now, buddy. Like, you want all that those accolades? Listen to me. We'll get you back. I think Sean Payton does not take this job when he knows he has his pick of the litter any year he wants without a clear plan. So um, I totally think Sean Payton believes he's adaptable. I think they believe they needed an adult in the room in Denver. So, But, but I completely agree with you saying this is a double down. All right, we've already we we've just got to hope, okay? We we've 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 drawn to 17. It was way more expensive for us to draw to 17. We've already put all our chips in. We've just got to hit and hope we get a 3 or a 4 here. And that, and that's what that's what the the Broncos are doing with Sean Payton. Um What do you think it means for the other skill guys for the Broncos? Um I'm very interested to see what their personnel moves are like this offseason. Now, you look at um, Sean Payton, and if you look at their their team typically, we're talking running back rotations, okay? So, and Javante Williams is coming off an injury, so they've got, they've got uh, things they need to do there in the backfield. You talk about running back rotations. Throughout most of Sean Payton's career with the Saints, they had that big possession slot receiver. Marcus Colston, um, uh, Michael Thomas. Obviously, they had some Lance Moore mixed in there as well. Guys moving in and out. Um, a traditional deep threat. You know, you talk about the Devery Hendersons, the Dante Stallworths, um, guys like that who are who are attacking the ball down the field. It's interesting because Jerry Judy was the Broncos' primary slot receiver. He ran o- over 50% of his routes from the slot. Does Sean Payton see him as that? Or does Sean Payton want somebody who's a little bit bigger, attack the middle of the field, areas where Russell Wilson often ignores? So I'm right now, I'm just fascinated to see where these guys' ADP falls because I am extremely – I am going to have to do a lot of reading. I'm going to be reading The Athletic. But the Broncos have great coverage. That's one thing that we know. I'm going to be reading The Athletic. I'm going to be reading all those local publications to try to get any sense of an idea of what this offense is going to look like before I really dive in from a fantasy perspective. But I would think this spells well for Jerry Judy on my on my first read-through of the situation. Any of the coordinator news really jump out to you yet? Or even D'Amico Ryan's getting hired or Frank Reich in Carolina? Anything else? coaching wise really jump yeah. out to you uh joe that we need to point out 
today from a fantasy perspective? First and foremost, with Carolina, it's hard to get a read on it until we understand what they're going to do at the quarterback position. I, I, I don't think Frank Reich wants to go to another situation where they're putting Band-Aids on the quarterback. So I think Carolina, which currently has the number nine pick, again, a team that doesn't have very far to go, to get a top quarterback in this draft if they deem any of them available. I think Carolina is going to attack that possibility aggressively. I think Carolina is going to be a team we know they were in on Deshaun Watson. I think Carolina is going to be a team that's going to attack the veteran market, uh, the trade market, aggressively, um, if that's the case. Uh, I don't think Frank Reich, I don't think Frank Reich said, hey, guys, you know, we're in Carolina, let, let's go get a Band-Aid. No, no, he's, he's done with doing that. I don't think he would agree to this job if that's what they're going to do. Um, D'Amico Ryans, I don't have anything really to say from a fantasy perspective right now. First and foremost, we know they're going to have a new quarterback. Um, they don't have an offensive coordinator yet. Other than the fact that I don't know what D'Amico Ryans saw here, but Texans fans should be thanking the high heavens he saw it because that is a home run hire for that team. Um, like all his former teammates are calling him Cap, you know, obviously Captain. Um, um, they're all fired up. Texans fans should be so excited about this hire. Does that guarantee D'Amico Ryans is going to be a great head coach? No, but I saw what that defense did the last couple weeks in the playoffs. And with that level of leadership, a guy who's been a middle linebacker in the NFL, that's a guy I'm excited to have as my coach. But the one that does stand out, and I'm bearing the lead here, is Kellen Moore um, in, in Los Angeles, the Chargers. You know, Los Angeles is replacing a coordinator in Joe Lombardi, who had an offense in Detroit with Matthew Stafford and Calvin Johnson, where Matthew Stafford averaged under six yards, average depth of target. Justin Herbert, who has maybe the biggest arm in the NFL, under seven average depth of target this year, this past year. Meanwhile, in Kellen Moore's four seasons as offensive coordinator with the Cowboys, Dak Prescott up and above eight yards depth of target. Those are rudimentary remedial stats but it simply suggests to me that Kellen Moore has a more aggressive play calling nature than Joe Lombardi does. That should fit Justin Herbert like a T. You know, I think Kellen Moore is pretty good at his job. I don't think he's a whiz kid, but I think this should be a good marriage between coach and quarterback. Mike Williams, Joshua Palmer are guys I'm really excited about, but don't forget Keenan Allen is getting up there in age. He's coming off an injury plague season. CeeDee Lamb was the primary slot receiver for the Dallas Cowboys. That's an important role as well. I just think there's going to be more space to throw the ball uh, in, in, in L.A. this year with the Chargers. That's good news for everybody. I, the hype train has already left the station on Justin Herbert from a fantasy perspective. Check him out on social media at FG underscore Dolan. He is the man, the fantasy gangster. I am at Ross Tucker NFL. Ross Tucker pod again is the social handle for the show. I've told you guys about it, I think a couple times last couple weeks, myfrontpagestory.com, by far the best Valentine's Day gift you can get your significant other. Please don't blow this. At least go and check out what it looks like over at myfrontpagestory.com. Beautiful framed newspaper cover style story all about your loved one. They will love it. And the time, if you want one, order it is now. Myfrontpagestory.com. Already looking forward to next week, Joe, breaking down the Super Bowl. Every single skill guy. I'm stuffed. We're done. 
Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.